Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the CCW Podcast. I'm your host, Kaiser Castro, and I'm here with... Sergeant Joe Bermudez. Once again, a returning guest. This will be your third time on the podcast now. Three times a charm, huh? Three times a charm. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you having me back here. I, I love it. Uh, I love the opportunity to be able to share uh, some information and mm-hmm. educate the public. Okay, so what, what are you here for us to What do you have for us today? Well, Joe? you know what? Today we're here to talk about tax time. Of Our course. favorite time of the year, right? When we get to give Uncle Sam some back, back some of his money, huh? Yeah. Or hopefully we can get some of ours back, right? Of course. That's that's the goal, right? To get them squeeze as much as we can out of yeah, <laughs> out taxes. Dude, let's let's get our fair share back. Let's yeah. just say that, right? Pretty much. You know, we got we got to do the right thing. So so tax fraud, right? It's it's one of the the biggest fears that most people, understandably so, have these days, especially with the 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 age that we live in and how relevant the internet is and whatnot. So what what. I guess we, let's start with the basics. What kind of tax fraud should people be be looking out for when it comes to well, these things? Yeah, just to just to reiterate what you first said. Yeah, it, it is something to be concerned about, mm-hmm. especially with the times on how um, technology really has has grown over the years, and we we seem to. I, I like to always tell people when I when I teach, I say, you know, our technology is our friend. It's also our enemy. Yeah, uh, you got to be <laughs> careful. It's like a double edged sword, um, but. You know, we got to look, we got to look and really focus because it is a a trend that is growing. Um, You know, just as an example to give you just this past this past year, um, I just happened to run the the report uh, recently. It just came out uh, every year around this time. They put out the FTC. Yeah, the FTC puts out a, a report. Uh, their Sentinel report, which is kind of their consumer uh, network uh, reporting. Yeah. And um, back in 2020, they had over 4.7 million reported cases of identity theft and fraud in one year. And you're talking even an increase from 2019, where it was about 3.2 million. So you're talking almost, you know, another... 1.5 1.5 million cases in a year of increase in fraud. That's insane. So it's correct, insane. So correct me if I'm wrong. That's almost, a, that's about as many people that live in Miami-Dade County. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're talking about Miami-Dade County. Is, it was about 2.8 million. And probably when the new census comes out, it's going to be well over 3 million. So so if you think about it, yeah, it's all, all of Dade County so being you, defrauded. Yeah. That's that's so, crazy. That's insane crazy. to think and, about. And when you also, when you look at the statistics, we've, see, we've seen that out of that, that number, about 406,000 of them were uh, related to what they call government benefits, tax type frauds um, just in that one yeah. year. And when they when they did the analysis, it actually grew over the one year 3000 percent from the year before. Really? And what? it's just because it's becoming easier and easier to figure out ways to defraud the system. To kind of to, to continue with that point, since we're on it now, why do you think that is specifically like why 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 is it that you think it's easier for people to get caught in this cycle? Well, uh, I think with with the times, people are becoming more educated mm-hmm. on using yeah. computer systems. Um, so you have a, a whole new group of people that are, that are now relying on computers. Uh, a a lot of the tax filings nowadays are automated; they're done online. Um, very far and few between 
you have, you know, you just have the 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 old folks that that, yeah. that are hardcore and say, no, I'm going to print out my return every yeah. year. I'm going to sign it. I'm going to put a stamp on it. I'm going to send it in. Yeah. So that's that percentage that's of was taught. <laughs> yeah, the, the percentage of individuals doing that is is dwindling. Yeah. And more and more nowadays, people are doing the e-filing. So yeah. with the increase in e-filing, now there's there's a bigger uh, opportunity for for fraud or you know, some kind of, I say hocus pocus, you know, going on, but, um, that's happening. And just, like I said, it's just, it's the, the availability when it comes to technology out there. That, Um, that comfort that comes with being able to do something in a much, because it it really is a lot faster and a lot more. Well, and it's, yeah, exactly. And there's also, you got to look into the factor, you know, when we talk about internet crimes and stuff like that is the anonymity. It's easy to hide behind a computer screen. It is it's not, <laughs> I'm not the bad guy that's walking in to rob a store, you know, to hold up a, a, a liquor store or, or commit a crime face to face. When we talk yeah. about, uh, person, you know, crimes to victims, you know, I'm not coming in and putting a gun to your face. Now I'm just going on a computer, putting in, you know, typing a, a few little different numbers here and there, and I'm stealing your Ooh, money that way. That's it. So yeah. it's a lot easier with the anonymity factor in there. Wow. That's, it's, it's insane to think about, but it's, it's so prevalent in today's world. It, it is. It's growing and growing. And, and we're really, we're really going to have to start pivoting and, and we have somewhat, um, but we're really just going to have to change our focus and really dive into this new type of uh, technology crimes. And our department, our department is, is making efforts. Uh, we're starting new squads all the yeah. time and new investigative units to deal with uh, cyber-based uh, crimes and stuff like that. So, so, so going off of that, then what, what are the types that people should be the most aware of? So tax time, the, the two things that you really, really want to be aware of, or the the two concerns that we tell folks when it comes to tax fraud, um, is the actual identity theft part of it. Okay. Where, um, your identity is stolen and someone actually files a, a fraudulent tax return on you. Um, at that point, it's it's you know using using uh, information your what we call your PII personal identifying information. Okay. So that's that's one of the ways that you got to deal with, and the other one that we'll talk about too is um, after the fact the what we call the phishing part of it, and okay. that's phishing with a PH. <laughs> so um, the phishing part of it, where through uh, fraudulent websites, fraudulent emails, fraudulent phone calls, things of that nature. So you you have to be you have to be very careful because those are the two ways that they're pretty much uh, dealing with with tax fraud nowadays. Um, the first one we we talked about, like I said, that's where someone obtains your information. Uh, most of the times, it's your name, date of birth, social security number, uh, and they go ahead and file that fraudulent return. Once they file the fraudulent return, it it goes into um, one of two ways: they'll either establish a a temporary bank account that yeah. it can be uh, deposited into, and a lot of times that's because already they've already established your, themselves as you. They, they have a so they've stolen already. your your identity. Yeah. Uh, or the other matter, what they're doing, which is is horrible, because from an investigative standpoint, it's very very difficult. Uh, once the money's in there, it's hard to to trace. Yeah. Is when they have the the funds deposited into the prepaid. Uh, credit cards because that was oh, an option you can do yeah. uh you know when they put them into those prepaid cards the tracking on that is is very very difficult at that point it's it's almost it's, pretty much there yeah, it's pretty much gone so yeah. you know and by the time they spend it and, and get to it and we do any type of investigative uh work on it, it it's very hard to track it down uh so those, those are pretty much the the two ways that we see them filing the 
So, so of the two, which do you think, um, I guess, well, to, to keep it simple, which do you think is, should people be more, I mean, obviously they're both very important, but which one is more common, would you say, or which one is probably going to impact the most people easily? Obviously the, the one that's going to impact you the most right from the start is Mm -hmm. when they, they uh, do the f- uh, false or fraudulent uh, tax return identity, yeah. because now what's happening is is uh, they delay your process. Mm-hmm. What happens is the way the IRS will look at it is they will take the first tax return that's that's processed. Gotcha. So once that tax return is in and it's been paid out or, or the money's been returned, if you get money back. Um, now, when you go in as the real person yeah. and file your your tax return, and there's a discrepancy, you you know you get that that alert back that uh, tax return already has been filed. Now, what happens is is everything is delayed. So you're looking at instead of maybe what now the norm is about ten days, I guess more or less. Yeah, because I did I just got my tax return back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was about ten days for for me to get a di- uh, direct deposited back. Yeah. So now you're looking at at a ten day return. Can almost take almost a year before you you clear wow. it up because the the IRS will go through the process before they pay you what's due to you to make sure that the first one was fraudulent yeah. and not the second. So and, and that's not even considering the idea of somebody else taking your identity. Ex- you know, that's a whole another yeah whole another thing. We can dive into that in a couple, but um, yeah, just the fact that that's going to be your pretty much your hard hitting one because right then and there you're out you're out the money. Yeah. Um, the latter, the fishing, uh, again, you could be you could be out some money if you uh, if you fall into their trap, mm-hmm. or you could be facilitating further identity theft down the line. But uh, I would say the the first one is is more or less more the, impactful, more impactful. So because it's and the reason I, I I bring that up is because it's it's I think it's correct me if I'm wrong here. It's very common for people to fall tr- uh, victim to the second one because of how easy a lot of people don't understand like like things that the fact that the irs will not email you they will not call you yeah things like that but for when sure. somebody if somebody's like trying to be like hey like we can help you out with your taxes or we can do this we can do that people are like oh well okay why not you know yeah for so, sure and, and i want to say the the latter where we talk about the fishing yeah like you mentioned that people are a little more uh gullible when it comes to yeah. it because they don't really know the procedures per se um and then I always uh, I always joke with people with, you know, when when you start messing with somebody's money and start telling them, hey, we're going to hold up, giving you back your money. You know, people will give up their firstborn. Yeah. Just free, to, yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. You're going to hold on my taxes? Yeah. No, no, wait, wait. Here, take my child. And yeah. Just give me my tax return. But um, yeah, so people f- will fall very easily. And just the, also the, the ways that, that they're doing it, um, people become fearful you yeah. know, when they, they get threatened and some of the ways that, that they do these with sending uh, threatening emails that uh, warrants are issued for your arrest. Uh, they'll call and leave you uh, voicemails saying, you know, this is this is your last opportunity. If you don't call us back to give you <laughs> give us your information, then or to settle this account, we will be sending police to your house or we will be, you know, again, issuing warrants for your arrest. So people become fearful and, and they get desperate and. They they don't think yeah. about what they're doing, and they fall into the trap of providing information that they shouldn't be providing uh, 
on these emails and, and these I'd phone ima- calls. I'd imagine even like somebody who is who either um, who's older, right? Who is part of the older demographic who isn't really necessarily used to doing their taxes through e- electronically and having these people threaten them with things or even somebody from another country, right? My stepfather, he came in only when I think he moved here when he was about like 25, right? He's obviously a citizen, a resident, but he, um, as a person from another country, he doesn't under he doesn't completely understand the aspect of, of, doing your taxes through like some sort of firm or another person. So having somebody threaten you in that way can be daunting because you're not even from this country to understand, hey, these are this is actually how it works, yeah, right? Pe- people don't realize it. So, I mean, I actually, um, I brought us a recording here today for you guys, for us to listen to. Yeah. Um, and we're, it, it's funny, just to, to give you a little setup to this, people think, oh, this is a fake recording. Well, yeah, it is a fake recording because yeah. it is a phishing uh, voicemail, but yeah. I'll tell you, this voicemail was on my home recording. So yeah. I myself get, and I, and I get the emails as well, but, um, I got, I got home and when I played my voicemail, this is what I listened to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, let's go ahead and play that for him and yeah, give so, him a sample of what to listen for. So really quick, we're just going to pause the podcast very quickly. Three oh three PM. Q. This call is officially in final notice from IRS, Internal Revenue Service. The reason of this call is to inform you that IRS is filing a lawsuit against you. To get more information about this case file, please call immediately on our department number, 206-462-5210. I repeat the number, 206-462-5210. Thank you. So, as you heard there, I mm-hmm. mean, if you're a person um, who doesn't know any better, yeah, um, maybe even a younger person, this is your first time filing taxes, or you're an elderly person who doesn't really understand the process, you hear a voice recording like that, you're going to be scared, and you're going to yeah. call back. And what happens? So, what happens here is, is um, with the voicemails where they provide you with a number, you're going to call back, and when they call back... They're going to ask you for what they call the uh, your personal information so we can verify your identity. Yeah. Okay. They want to verify that they're talking to the yeah. right person. But what are they doing? They're taking your info. They're taking your info. It's, it's you handing it to them. You're handling to them. You know, you're, you're better off. You're, you're better off going to say, here, here's my world. Um, but what, that's what they do. They get on there and go, okay, what, what is your name? And they'll ask you what for the information. They'll say, okay, well, I have your social security number here. Could you please read it back to me so I can verify it? And then you're gladly giving them your social security number. Yeah. You're gladly giving them your date of birth. You're gladly giving them any passwords, anything like that. And you're giving up this information because you're fearful of legal action. Yeah. Uh, the the, know, potential, the, the re- potential repercussions. Reper- exactly. The reper- repercussions of something going on or something yeah. happening because you, you didn't do the right thing. Um, this happens a lot of times with, with uh, not just the phone calls, with emails. You get emails. Yeah. Um, sent and when you click on a link you think you're clicking on on a proper uh, irs link and it's taking you to what we call a phishing website which is uh, they've created a website that looks mirrors to every little graphic that if you went to the regular website it would be the same but what you're doing is you're going to one of the servers for the bad guys and you're entering all your information again just like that 
Yeah. So it's it's crazy how the the steps that they take to be this deceiving. But I mean, at like the statistics show that it, that's four point seven million people that have been affected by these kind of things. Yeah. It's nothing. It's nothing to to play around with. You know. It's not. Well, you know, and I also call it. Uh, I think when I when I talk to folks about this, I, I call it the the shotgun effect. You mm-hmm. know. Not to, to talk a little guns here, but you know when you yeah. when you shoot the shotgun, you have a bunch of pellets yeah, that come flying pellets that out. Come out. So the chances of hitting something are greater. Yeah. So the same ideas with with this with the emails and the voicemails and stuff. They do the shotgun effect. They'll send the voicemail out, and, and a lot of these are, are automated systems. So yeah. it's it's a computer that's just randomly dialing a bunch of numbers, randomly sending to a bunch of different emails. So they're blasting it out, and if they send out a thousand emails an hour which it's going to be a lot faster than that. But let's, yeah. for, for uh, layman's sake, let's just say a yeah. thousand emails an hour and you get just 10% of that. Think about it. A hundred people are going to call you back and give you their personal information. And it's, it's you don't lose anything because it's essentially free money for them. Exactly. They're it's, stealing. It's, they, they don't it's lose an easy anything. fine for them. You know, yeah. And like I said, they're doing this behind this wall of anonymity where they, they're setting up these sites and they're able, uh, you know, not to get too technical, but, you know, you can spoof sites, you can spoof numbers, yeah. which means you can hide it. You can make it look, you know, nowadays they have devices, they have apps um, that you can Even download I, the I app. I know they had apps. And I, could, <laughs> and I could call you and make it look like it's the call's coming from the White House, mm. you know, and it's and it's me from my cell phone in the, in the room next door. So they're able to, to use all these apps and use all these systems to fool the average person, the, you yeah. know, the person who doesn't, I don't want to say average. It's just the person doesn't know any better. Yeah. You know, because like I said, mo- most of the generation, you know, the, there was a generation that just did everything by, let's fill it out by hand, um, send it in and get our time, wait for our return to come back. Yeah, it's, it's now not it's their a fault quicker for world. So now the, the e-filing yeah. is a lot faster, you know, yes. and there's, like I said, there's more opportunity for, for those crimes to occur. So then- with with all that being said, what are the proper steps that a person could take to make sure that they are safer, to make sure that they are can stay away from these kind of issues? Um, okay, so when it comes to the, the first type where we talk about the fraudulent tax returns, mm-hmm. um, the most important thing there is you want to stay with, uh, do one of two things, either file your taxes yourself. Um, there's, there's numerous programs out there that you can do for e-filing where you do it yourself at home. And when you do it, make sure that you do it on your computer system, that you have proper software so that you don't have viruses and firewalls and all that stuff. So they're not able to hack your computer system and get that information. So you do that, do it on your own. And if not, if you don't feel comfortable enough or knowledgeable enough to file your own taxes and go through the process, um, go with a, with a reputable accountant. Uh, you know, there's numerous companies out there uh, that that have been around for a long time that will do file your taxes for you, uh, as well as uh, get recommendations. Talk to people and, yeah. you know, get a few. Hey, who do you use for your taxes? You know, how long? And, and, and ask the questions. How long have you been doing your taxes with this person? Yeah. You know, have they, you know, have you know them? Do you trust them? And, stuff like that. and, and work, you know, get, get those recommendations. Stay away from fly by night tax attorney, you know, the, <laughs> where, it, you know, tax season just started and, and next to Dunkin' Donuts, now you have a, a tax guy doing yeah. taxes for the next two months. And, <laughs> and not to, to knock him because it may, he may be a legitimate person, but there is an opportunity. There is, there is a chance that, you know, they just pop up and what they're there is. Just to um, take advantage. They're there just to gather your information. You know, stay away from these people. They're like, I'll get you all your money back. You won't pay any taxes at all. 
Come on, realistically, <laughs> we don't live in that world. We don't. So if you're going to go to that person to begin with, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Um, so so stick with reputable people. Stick with people that are recommended um, and just stay away from these fly-by-night uh, individuals. Try to stay with the same accountant. Uh, we, I tell folks, try not to jump. You know, every month, every year, you're using a different accountant. Because think yeah. about it. Now, if every year you're going to a different accountant, now that's a different person that you're giving. Your you know, you say, hey, here's all my information. Here's where I work. Here's where I live. Here's my social. Here's all my PII. And what's that person going to do with it? They're going to store it, keep files, and who knows? You um, never know. So you want to stay with reputable with companies, you know, the ones yeah. that are bonded, insured, and stuff like that. Um, as far as the phishing, just be be weary of what information you get. Uh, you listen. The IRS will never call you. To these say, are important. These are important. <laughs> these are important. The IRS will not call you, especially from an automated robot line or yeah. or something like that. They're not going to send you emails. They're not gonna. They're not gonna send you. Uh, correspondence in, in ratty old envelopes or or mi- with misspellings or with numbers that don't make sense or email addresses or addresses that don't make sense. If the IRS is going to contact you because there's a problem with your return, it's going to be through registered mail. They're going to send you something in registered mail or that guy's going to come knocking at your door yeah. with proper credentials to say, you know, from the IRS, we need to talk. And if yeah. that's happening, there may be greater issues there. Yeah. But um, you know that that's how they're going to reach out to you. They're not. They're never going to call you. They're never going to say, "Hey, leave your message. Call us back and give you a number." So um, be weary on that stuff. Be weary on on the the links that you click on. Um, you know, you never want to click on a link that's going to take you somewhere else where you don't know. Uh, your best bet is if you do get an email that there's a problem with your return, or you get a voicemail that there's a problem with your return. Don't call the number that they left on the voicemail. Don't call the number that's on the email. You go online, okay? You go to irs.gov. .gov. Right, folks? Gov. That is important. That's important because <laughs> everybody gets in the habit of just doing .com, everything, yeah. and it's not. irs.com is fake. irs.net is fake. irs.live is fake. All these sub uh, categories are all fake. Yeah. You want to go. The government sites are .govs. Yes. So you want to go to irs.gov. And you want to pull the hotline numbers on there, the, the consumer services number on there, the investigative services, whatever you're looking for. Um, they also have there the, the sites where you can send an email uh, to the actual uh, IRS for them to contact you back. And, and it'll be all legitimate transactions going back and forth. So you want to do that. Um, like I said, don't you don't want to click on that. Another resource you can go to is uh, FTC.gov. It's the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, they regulate a lot when it comes to, or we talked about earlier, identity theft, fraud. Yeah. So they're the ones that will go ahead and, and give you a lot of resources and information. Um, so you want to go, those are your two major avenues that you want to uh, to deal with. If you are a victim, if you feel that you're a victim, uh, you do want, you want to contact the IRS, get the, uh, the investigation started, contact the FTC, file a, a consumer report with them to get the investigation started and get the ball rolling for someone to look into it. But what you need to do is you need to generate it. Don't go off of what, that, that's the most important thing or the most important tip. You don't want to be the one to uh, to click on what they send you or yeah. call the numbers they send you because those are the fraudulent lines. You need to take the initiative yourself with yeah. the proper information. Correct, correct. And the proper resources. So I have, I have one more thing I wanted to touch on really quick. Um, 
How about, and one thing that's, that's prevalent to my, that I've been told about is the idea of parents checking their children's uh, social security and, and having, making sure that their children are safe from, because they, they are potential victims to this, right? Yeah. So how, well, how does that work? That's an excellent question. Um, listen, one of the, one of the other things and, and just real quick to touch upon, if you become a victim Mm-hmm. of identity uh, of the fraudulent tax returns it opens up a whole new world or a whole new can of worms if you want to say to problems that you can have yes so one of the things that you want to do is if if you feel that you become a victim if you feel there's a fraudulent return filed um you want to start investigating other aspects of your life when it comes to your your credit your social security number stuff like that so yes. through the ftc federal trade commission you can go through there and what you need to do is pull uh, a copy of each credit report from the three bureaus. We have three bureaus that will that, that monitor credit reports. Um, Equifax. Uh, oh my gosh, I just blanked out. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I, I, you're good. <laughs> TransUnion, Equifax, and wow, I'm bad. Yeah, no, you're good. Bad. The only one I've ever heard of was Equifax. So yeah, Equifax. That's probably what, I, yeah. I, I, I would think that that's the most common, but so, so yeah, so there's, there's, there's the three and, um, you can pull a report for each one and monitor and see what's on there. Which by the way, all this information will be linked below for anybody right. who's interested. Nobody's going to be left hanging. Um, this is all super important, especially now in the, in, since it is the height of tax season. So for experience, yeah, I told you, experience. Just, there we go. There Thank you. Go. you. I just, <laughs> it, it was folks, it was a senior moment. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so you have Equifax, Experian, and Trans and TransUnion. So you're gonna you're gonna have those three. You want to pull reports from them. You want to monitor. Um, you have a couple options as well. You can put uh, what they call a credit alert um, on your your credit uh, on the three different credit uh, credit not credit unions but credit reporting agencies. Mm-hmm. And what that'll do is is as uh, a creditor, if somebody tries to get credit using your information, they'll have to just go through a couple extra steps to verify that it's you. Yeah. Um, if you really, if you, I mean, if you've really been a victim and you think that that it's a serious incident where, you know, somebody really is out there stealing your identity, you could put what's called a credit freeze on it. Yeah. And that just allows no one to apply for credit using your, your information. So you want to put that freeze on there. Uh, now, so transition to what the question you asked as far as kids. Um, Times are different now. Um, going back to many moons when I when I was younger, uh, you know, I didn't get my social security number until I was about 14, 15 years old when I went to apply for my first job. Yeah. Because at that time, you didn't need it. The you didn't need social security numbers um, for anything like we do now. Yeah. Nowadays, when you file taxes, you need social security numbers for your children to get that tax credit for your children. So what happens nowadays is once you have a child. One of the immediate forms that you fill out, other, you know, give them his name and they do all the information. One of the forms that's done quickly is applying for a social, social security number. So social a social security number is issued right when they're born. Which I didn't know this, by the way, about not getting it. I, I just assumed, I mean, obviously I'm a lot younger, but I just assumed that it was something always done right. from the from the jump by birth. Right. So so what happens is now you have this credit, this this social security number that's generated at birth. And it's pretty much not used other than for filing for the yes. exemptions. You really don't use it for anything else. You don't use it for any credit type basis until that child is 
probably about 18, yeah. when they start applying for their own credit cards, 18, 19 years old. So what happens is now you have that 15 to 18-year-old gap, 15, 18 years, just where it's, that number is just dormant. Yeah. So if someone gets a hold of that number, they're able to assume that identity. And, and you, you know, you, you have, we've had issues where a child is 18 years old, goes to apply for a credit card, is turned down and denied, and go, why? Why am I denied? Oh, it's because you're half a million dollars in debt. And you're like, what? <laughs> and for the last 18 years, this person's been using their social security number wow. for uh, to apply for things. So one of the things we we always tell parents is, when you have a child, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least a, a couple years after the, the child is born, you want to be able. You're as a parent, you're able to pull those credit reports. Yeah. For for your children, you're able to look, monitor, make sure that that, that uh, little Johnny that's two years old doesn't have an American <laughs> Express card, you know, and it's sad if he's got a higher limit than you do. So how do you do that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you want to check, make sure he doesn't have any uh, any credit accounts or anything under his uh, social security number. And then you as a parent also have the ability to freeze that account. So you can freeze that account until he's of age where you unfreeze it. And now that's something you're going to do because now he's going to be using it to, uh, you know, get a job, yeah. apply for credit, student loans, whatever it is that they're going to be doing at that that age, that 16, 17, 18 year old age. Really but quickly. you're freezing it for those, yeah. those years. How, how does the freeze actually work for those for those who don't know? Like, is it something that is is it a predetermined time that you set as the, the person with well, the information? As, or? as the parent, when you set it, when you contact, you contact the uh, each one of the, the credit bureaus mm-hmm. and you tell them that, you know, I'm the parent or guardian of such and such child and this social security number and I, I want to place a freeze on it. Um, it's like a $5 fee uh, okay. that they charge you, like an administrative fee that they charge you. And it basically freezes that number. And what happens is, is if anybody tries to use that number to apply for credit, a loan, a credit card or something of that nature, yeah, it gets denied. Okay. You know, it's kind of like bad credit. <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. you don't get it. Uh, and then you can set it up to get an alert if you want to get an alert, hey, somebody tried to use this credit card or this this uh, social security number to apply for a credit card. And then that freeze is applied and it is not lifted until you, the parent, contacts them back and says, all right, go ahead and unfreeze this. My child is, you know, 18 years old. He's going to be using it. So you can go ahead Which and unfreeze it. Which means there's it. no excuse. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no excuse. Yeah. It's just $5. It's, yeah, it's $5. Think about it. It's cost of a coffee. Right. Nowadays, so exactly um, for a little peace of mind, but uh, so that freeze is placed, uh, and then you also we talked about you can do that as an adult as well. Yes. If you if you feel that you're a victim uh, and somebody has stolen your your PII, um, you can contact each one of the credit bureaus and uh, go ahead and say, hey, listen, I want to freeze until I resolve this. I want to freeze my my social security number, and I don't want anybody to uh, to use it to apply for credit. So. Just remember you did that because yeah. you don't want to be embarrassed when you go to uh, go to the, the department store and you go apply for a credit card and they deny you. And you're yeah. like, oh, Why what does happened? That, what, what the heck? <laughs> so, yeah, what the heck? I got good yeah. credit. Yeah, you got good credit, but you just froze it. So Okay. Well, um, let's see. I think that's most of everything we wanted to touch on. Yeah, that's you know? about that's about a lot of the stuff that we, we discussed, uh, you know, can be found. Um, I get like on the resources that I told you about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, irs.gov has uh, a great website. You can go on there and, and you can type in as a search bar, you can type in whatever questions you have. 
Um, and like I said, uh, an amazing resource that I use, I use it all the time for teaching and even f- to educate myself yes. is, uh, is the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. They're very, very involved when it comes to identity theft and consumer protection. So um, go to their website and um, you can go ahead and, and research there. Uh, I tell folks, if, if you, if you want to read, it, it's a pretty big book, but mm-hmm. you can learn all about it. It's about uh, 500 pages. You know, so if you have trouble sleeping, you can read it at night. Uh, the the, sen- the <laughs> Sentinel report, they put it out every year. Uh, they usually put it out about February, late February, beginning of March. Uh, they'll put it out for the last year and that'll give you all the statistics the reports. I mean, they break it down to all different types of of items, you know, why, who, what, when, where, you know, ages and stuff like that. So there's a lot, a lot of information in there and a lot it's of invaluable. resources. And it never goes away. It's yeah. something that you'll always, you'll always be able to use, right? Yeah. It's so, something that you can, and they you update can hold it, on they to. They update it every year so you're able to look at it. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff. And and then uh, I brought a video yes. here for us to watch. And I think we'll close out with that uh, for you guys to watch with a little information from the IRS. And and it'll kind of reiterates and, and touches about a lot of the points that we discussed here today so yeah. um just remember to be safe protect your information don't share anything with anybody uh, remember they're never gonna call you and ask you for secret passwords or pin numbers or anything like that um and when in doubt you know just call and ask ask for help and reach out and before you give out your information and with that I want to thank everybody for watching and listening. For those who are listening, this has been the CCW podcast. Like I said, everyone, all information will be linked below. Um, Anything that you may need, any questions that you have, any discussions that you want to have, leave it in the comments below. We do read those. We we want the interaction. We want to keep everybody informed. Right. So um, with that, that's it. Thank you, Joe, for coming on once again. No, my pleasure. And and yeah, if you do have a question, please, I do follow it. I do follow the uh, the podcast as well. And if you post questions on there, I will jump on there and answer them for you. So uh, give you my information. Uh, we can put my number as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I've shared it on previous podcasts, but we'll put it on the on the info and the links as well. And you can reach out to me and uh, send me an email or call me. And uh, unless you're a bad guy trying to fish for my information, I won't answer you. <laughs> but if you're a citizen with a question or, or you got a problem, I'm here to help. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Have a great day. Scam artists are pretending to be IRS officials to get your money. They'll call, email, or text you, claiming you owe back taxes or there's a problem with your tax return. They even rig caller ID to make the call look official. They play on your fears. They threaten to take your driver's license or sue, arrest, or deport you. They want you to pay fast. What's the truth? The truth is the IRS's first contact with you will always be a letter in the mail. It's not a phone call, email, or text message. They won't insist that you pay with a prepaid debit card, a wire transfer, or cashier's check. Now you know. Has an IRS imposter contacted you? Report it at ftc.gov slash imposters.